Welcome to Encore, our binge-reading episode where we chat to previous guests of the show about their latest releases. And today we're talking to Gillian Cantor about Beautiful Little Fools, her reimagining of an American classic from the viewpoint of the female characters. Hi there, I'm your host Jenny Wheeler, and Gillian last appeared on the show in July 2021 talking about Half-Life, the Marie Curie story. You can find that in our backlist. It was the fictionalized story of the famous physicist who won the Nobel Peace Prize twice. Today's book, Beautiful Little Fools, is rather different. It takes F. Scott Fitzgerald's Jazz Age classic, The Great Gatsby, and tells of the critical events in that story through the eyes of the three main women characters, Catherine, Daisy, and Jordan. But let's allow Gillian to tell us all about it. Hello there, Gillian, and welcome to the show. It's great to have you back with us. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Tell us, what's different about your book to The Great Classic? The original Great Gatsby takes place over one summer in this little fictional part of Long Island, and it's narrated by an outsider, Nick Carraway, who's distantly related to Daisy and becomes very enamored with his neighbor, Jay Gatsby, over the summer. And my novel is narrated by the women who are in F. Scott Fitzgerald's story, but don't really have much of a voice in it. So the things that Nick tells us about that summer often come up in my novel, but appear very differently from the women's points of view. And my novel also starts in 1917, so about five years before the original Great Gatsby, and then goes through the summer that the Great Gatsby takes place as well. And by doing that, by adding those extra years, we also get a really clear idea of those women, Catherine, Daisy, and Jordan, and how they might be interlinked and also how they are all drawn into the net surrounding Gatsby himself. And that's a fun part of the story to understand or to be given those interconnections. Yeah, and that was my fictionalizing the story. And the original, the women are involved so much in the plot, the affairs and the murders and the parties and the glamour all revolves around the women. But in the original novel, they don't speak very much. We definitely don't know what they're thinking. My novel brings that all together and explores what that might have been. So run us through the process of how you got drawn into taking this on as your next book. What was the fascination for you in it? I've always loved The Great Gatsby. I read it, I think, in high school for the first time. Uh, and I loved it as a reader and as a writer. The original is so short. It's really not a very long novel at all, but it's beautifully written every sentence. And I was always fascinated with the characters. And I read it again in college and I actually kept my copy from college. I still have it. And I would come back and reread it once a year or so, which is pretty rare for me. I don't normally reread books, but The Great Gatsby was an exception. I would always come back to it, reread it once a year. But I would always think about the women and I would just wish that I knew more about them. So I think writing this book was my way of knowing more about the women in this novel that I loved. That's really interesting because as you went through that process of reading it year after year, did your own view of the story change as you grew up yourself? That's a really good question. I think the first time I read it, I was probably 15 or 16 and I saw it as a love story. And then when I read it, when I was a little bit older, I realized it really wasn't a love story at all. And my view of Jay Gatsby changed a lot too. 
when I read it as a teenager, I thought that there was this great romance between Daisy and Jay. And that's what Nick believes and presents to us too. But as an adult, I read it and saw that Jay was a stalker. They broke up and he moves across the sound from her and watches her when she moves into this new house. And as a woman, I felt uncomfortable for Daisy. And I wondered if maybe Daisy felt differently about it than Nick has always presented to us. Yes, it's also interesting, isn't it? A book like that in a different era, because we've become so sensitive about that kind Mm -hmm. of thing now. I started to think, something wrong with this guy that he just can't move on in life I don't remember thinking that the first time I read it I definitely when I was younger I really saw it as this tragic love story and I don't think the book is really about love at all when I look at it from an older perspective what do you think it is about I think it's a lot about class and what it means to be a good person or a bad person and I think it's about these women and what life was like for them. Daisy Buchanan has all the money in the world and she has very little freedom or options. Just thinking about it that way. I looked up the Cliff Notes commentary on the book to just see what people had been discussing about it over the years. And I was struck by one thing. It had three particular themes that it mentioned, but one of them was displaced spirituality. And I wondered if that ever came into your mind as you were looking at it all over and again. I don't think that was really something that I thought about. When I was thinking about it, mainly in terms of, I guess, more of a feminist aspect and thinking about what choices did these women have and what choices did they make And even if we read it from our perspective and we see these women as bad people, Nick calls them careless people, were they really careless people or did they make the choices they had to make because of the circumstances that they were living in? You do something else too. You introduce a totally new character who wasn't in the original book and that's a detective Frank Charles Mm -hmm. who is investigating Gatsby's death. Why did you feel we needed this new character and what does he bring to the story? For one thing, Beautiful Little Fools unfolds as a murder mystery. In the prologue, Jay Gatsby is murdered and we know that he's murdered by a woman and then it unfolds as who did it, who killed Jay Gatsby. And so I felt I needed the detective as a plot device to move that along. He's investigating the murder and we visit with him every 50 pages or so and see what progress he's making in time. But the other reason I wanted him is because I felt that Tom and Jay are just such awful men. (laughs) I wanted to have a nice man to balance everything out. Frank is extremely nice. He cares about his wife more than anything. He listens to his wife. And he really thinks through the case and in the end has to make a tough moral decision about what to do about it. And so I felt he would be a nice counterbalance to Tom, who's pretty awful, and Jay, who's also pretty awful in my version. <laughs> yes, the uh, the quality of the relationship between Frank and his wife definitely produces a counterpoint to the other male-female relationships in the story, that's certain. There's a diamond hairpin that plays a significant part in your story too, and I honestly couldn't remember if that was in the original or not. It's dropped in bushes at the murder scene, and in your version, all three of those key women have had access to it at some stage or other and Mm -hmm. could have been in possession of it. 
And also they have motives to kill Gatsby. Is the hairpin even there in the original? It's not. No. No. Original. Um, I, yeah, I didn't think it yeah, was. Yeah, that was something that I made up. The pearl necklace that Tom gives Daisy on their wedding day was in the original. The diamond hairpin was my invention. And that's something that the detective is able to handle as a key clue. He's trying to find out who owned the hairpin and who had possession of it. So it definitely is an important part of the detective story. And there is a lot from the original that's in my book. And there's actually a book club guide on my website. If you just go to jillioncanner.com and then you can click on the book club tab, the one for beautiful little fools, there's one section that goes through chapter by chapter and shows you what came from the original Great Gatsby and like which lines of dialogue were inspired by it. So if someone wants to go through and figure that out, they can check out my website. Oh, that's cool. I'm sorry. I didn't notice that when I was looking around. Talking about dialogue, you did use a lot of direct quotes in the story Mm -hmm. and you direct readers particularly to take note of a scene near the end, the plaza scene. I think that you've used original dialogue, but you've managed to give it a rather different emphasis from how the original presented it. Tell us about that. There, There is some dialogue from the original book that makes an appearance in my book, but the context is different. In the original, we're seeing everything filtered through Nick. And so when we hear the dialogue, we get Nick's reaction to the dialogue. In my book, mostly it's Daisy and Jordan narrating it. So even in the same scene, I think some of the same dialogue takes on a little bit different meaning. There's one notable line for me that really explains it. And it's Jordan talking about this man who fainted at Daisy's wedding. And that's in the original. They're talking about the plaza scene. And she says something like he fainted and we carried him to my house because I live two doors down and he stayed for three weeks. And then daddy kicked him out and then daddy died the next day. And then they move on with their conversation. (laughs) But in my book, you actually get to see the scene of what happened with this man and why it was so influential in Jordan's life and what it had to do with her father's death. So I definitely use these little tidbits and made them mean different things in my own story. There's a great comment somewhere that Gatsby fanatics, people who really know the books, you answer some of the questions that they've had since it was published in 1925 and some Mm. of those are things like how Gatsby and Daisy first met how Mm -hmm. their relationship inevitably crumbled we understand her motivations for marrying Tom and we also find out the real reason that Jordan was kicked off the golf circuit Mm. Uh, that's in in your book there's a definite reason Mm -hmm. that's hinted at there which we won't give away as a spoiler but yeah Without giving away any of those spoilers, can you talk to us a little bit about that aspect of the plotting? And did you feel that there were some details that needed to be added into the original? Yeah, most of the plotting came from the original or the timeline of where the characters were came from the original. We do learn in the original that Daisy and Gatsby meet in 1917 in Louisville when he's stationed there as a soldier. I took that tidbit and expanded on it and gave a reason for what happens and why they break up. And we know that Jordan was on the professional golf circuit and that there was a rumor she was cheating because she moved the ball. And so I thought, what if there was more to it than that? And I expanded from there. But 
every little bit of their timeline I did take from the original. It's just the thinking and the motivations and things you wouldn't necessarily know if you weren't in a person's head are different in mine. We were talking before we started recording about the power that this book has continued to have to attract mm-hmm. readers. And you were explaining that actually at the time that Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald was alive, it wasn't particularly considered to be a success. Talk us through that. Obviously, I assumed not knowing that much about it, that it's always been a hit ever since it was published. Apparently not. No, initially it was not a critical or commercial success. I think up through when F. Scott Fitzgerald died, he considered it a failure. And it took off later. I believe it had something to do with it being picked as a read for American troops, or I would have to look up to remember the exact details, but something happened where it suddenly came into the public consciousness in America and has taken off since then. I think now every high school student in America probably reads The Great Gatsby even still, but it was not like that when it first came out. And what do you think has attracted people to it? I think at this point, it's just really such a picture of life at this particular time. It was right after World War I, right after the the flu pandemic at that time. It was during Prohibition. It was the Roaring Twenties. This book has all this glamour and parties and wealthy people doing horrible things to each other. And it reads like a soap opera, but it also is this piece of history that you can't really get from just reading about it in a history book. It also gives us a bit of a slice of life of a class society where people who have money can get away with things that people who don't have money or have perhaps new money can't get away with. Yeah, definitely. There have been four Gatsby movies, I understand, and I guess you've probably watched at least a couple of them. Have you got a favorite and why? I've watched all of them. And my favorite was actually one that I didn't know existed until I started writing this book and I sought out all the Gatsby movies. I actually had to order it on DVD. (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) streaming. I had to order it on DVD from a used bookstore online. And Paul Rudd plays Nick and he just did a great job. Paul Rudd always does a great job, but he did a really great job with Nick. And I think that was my favorite version of it. I don't know that many people watched it. (laughs) What what did when that date from? Oh my goodness. Early 2000s, I think. I All right. It's quite up, recent, it's yeah. not, it wasn't streaming. I had to find a used DVD in order to watch it. And then I had to dust off my DVD player. <laughs> so the two that are rather more famous, the Leonard DiCaprio mm-hmm. one and what do what's your comments on those? I saw the the one from the seventies. I think I definitely saw that when I was younger. I rewatched that again later, and that one I like it, but I like the book better. I don't know <laughs> that it captures really the essence of the book and the beauty of the language. And then the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, that one is just visually stunning that was the Baz Um, Luhrmann uh, version the Baz Luhrmann yeah and everything that Baz Luhrmann does is visually stunning so I really appreciated it for that yeah I saw a comment that that one presented the characters more Fitzgerald had would you agree with that I think he certainly captured some of the like outlandish glamour of the situation yeah yeah look tell us what you're working on now beautiful little fools has been out probably about nine months now, hasn't it? It's been out a while. I'm probably already well engaged in your next project. Tell us a little about the last 18 months since we talked to you. 
So my next book is called The Fiction Writer, and it's going to be out September 2023. So just about a year from now, it'll be out. And it's actually not a historical novel. So it's a little bit different for me. It's about a writer who gets hired by this handsome billionaire to tell a family story that's connected to Daphne du Maurier. So it's a modern day gothic mystery of its own. And it's a lot about like writing and art and ownership and a handsome billionaire, which doesn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun, and especially the Daphne du Maurier connection. So is there just a little bit of that story in it somewhere too? Yeah, there's a little bit about Daphne and her real life in there also, but it's not historical. That's great. Look, thank you so much, Gillian, for being with us. It's been fascinating, and I can really recommend Beautiful Little Falls, particularly to people who might have read Gatsby in their teens and perhaps didn't even really like it that much. They'd find this one a really interesting way to look at the whole setting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Next week on The Joys of Binge Reading, Avanti Centri, a number one international best-selling author who blends history, science and suspense into pulse-bounding action thrillers. And her latest book is Cleopatra's Vendetta. Born a goddess, Cleopatra died a prisoner but the cobra's deadly kiss was just the beginning. Next week on The Joys of Binge Reading for the best in popular fiction, mysteries, romance and historicals. Bye for now and happy reading.